Hello and welcome to the First Attempt Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz. I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm back home this weekend, ready to talk about week nine of Big Ten football. It's going to be an exciting one. A few teams on by, no Iowa, no Michigan. Uh, I that, that gives Michigan staff a whole lot of time to go do some scouting. So good for them. They get a week off. But here to break down the games we actually have on tap this weekend, as always, in Columbus, Ohio, it's Reed Murray. Reed, what's going on? Hey, Patrick. Thanks for the introduction. Good to be back on the show. Um, you know, unfortunately, not quite the week of college football we have this week, uh, you know, compared to what we had last week, but still a couple decent games to keep an eye on. So let's get into it. Absolutely. And even a, a few decent ones in the Big Ten, if not, I, I think some really interesting ones with some good storylines. So with that, let's just jump right into it and see what we're watching for right now. So, Reed, I'll let you kick this one off. What are you watching for this week in the Big Ten? I'm watching for Big Ten fans to save a few bucks because I'm looking at the Big Ten (laughs) schedule here, looking at the ticket prices. In the five Big Ten games this week, none of them, or I guess, how should I phrase this? You can get in for lower than $27 or for $27 or lower at all five of the Big Ten games this week. Penn State even at home has many, many, many tickets below $20. Um, That's for 10 bucks in Happy Valley this week against IU. Yeah, so this is definitely a week for the thrifty Big Ten fans. You got $10 is the lowest seat at Penn State, two is the lowest Northwestern, 22 at Minnesota, 11 at Nebraska, and 27 in Wisconsin. So lots of deals all around. So maybe we don't have the high-flying, you know, number three versus number seven matchups out there, but we do have some games that you can get in and, and not completely break the bank. $11 $11 at Nebraska is a fascinating one. Is that sellout streak going to be in peril this week? I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing it's a seat soul, and it's probably a lot of season ticket holders who are just not going to show up or put in their seats up. So uh, the, the seats are still sold, even if there's not a butt in those seats. Maybe the sellout streak's not in jeopardy, but it might not be a full crowd in Lincoln, which still is fairly uncommon there, even if the sellout streak is dating back, it feels like 40 or 50 years at this point. I forget exactly how long, but Reed, I'm not sure there's anything more Midwestern than extreme couponing. And uh, <laughs> this feels like the equivalent of that for uh, the football fans. So a lot of cheap tickets across the conference. Hey, if you've not caught a game in person all season and you're within driving distance to, to some of these schools, why not catch a game this weekend? It seems like a great time to, it's going to be pretty weather across most of the conference, unless you're, uh, in Minnesota, where it's going to be about 34 degrees. I know uh, here in the state of Indiana, it's been beautiful all week, about 70 degrees the last few days. It's going to be in the high 50s, low 60s across the state on, on Saturday. I know I'll, uh, I'll be enjoying it, certainly outdoors. It's the most beautiful time of the year. you got to love the fall. you got to love football season. And, hey, for that price, you might as well take advantage of the beautiful weather. Go see a college football game outdoors in the big 10 but this ain't the first in weather this is the first in 10 we're gonna talk a little football now but Reed, i'll give you what i'm watching for in the big 10 i'll talk about that purdue nebraska game actually swift defeat for purdue what do i mean by that so first of all i'm gonna credit elijah herbal on twitter he uh works for hail varsity which is a nebraska publication he does radio for them Reed. If you weren't paying attention earlier today as we're recording this on Friday, Taylor Swift released her latest re-release album, 1989 Taylor's version. I'm sure a lot of people in our audience are familiar. A lot of people in our audience might not be familiar. So that's the thing that happened today. But Reed, I bring that up because Purdue 
every single time they've played the week of Taylor Swift releasing an album, which has been nine times in the history of their program, of her career, whatever, has not won a game. Purdue is 0-9 the week of Taylor Swift album releases. And uh, I'm not going to say the two have bad blood with each other, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that pun. A little, little too far. I pushed the envelope. But, uh, hey, they've got a blank space in the win column, and I don't think this week they're writing a one in it. Boo! Boo for those Taylor I feel the, the tomatoes being thrown through the screen right now at me, and I, I deserve every single bit of it, but that's a stat worth worth following. I we all believe here a little bit in uh the curses here in college football, and maybe Purdue's got the curse of Taylor Swift going. Just saying. Yeah, I mean that's that's one hell of a stat. It is. I mean oh and nine. You would probably have to be a pretty big Purdue fan and a pretty big Taylor Swift fan to even notice that pattern. Cause it's not a stat that you can just, you, you would kind of have to notice that already before you <laughs> fact checked it. That's kind of one of those where you think it might be true. And you say, huh, is this true? And you research, you can't, you, no one just thinks, you know, how does my team do on Taylor Swift album release weekends? That's um, kind of a random thing to think of, but shout out to, to this uh, stat generator person. And uh, wow. That's fascinating. Shout out to uh, the Swifties who were hoping this is enough to to get them to listen to our podcast and hopefully drive those streams, drive that drive that listenership up. Hey, hey the NFL does it. Why can't we? Why can't we read? You're absolutely right about that. So uh, where there's a will, there's a way. But that is what we're watching for in the Big Ten this week. But read while we're watching, who's going to be looking the best? I'll let you start here. What's your uniform matchup of the week? I'm going to say Maryland Northwestern. Got the same one here. These teams uh, just have great sets, and I think they're, they're some of the best individually in the Big Ten. We're seeing them clash this week. It, it should be exciting. Yeah, and it's pretty cool seeing how Maryland, I think we've talked about it a little bit on this program before, but finally has these great uniforms after years of, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but I'll call them controversial flag helmet uniforms that were very divisive and either loved them or you hated them. I did not like them. I thought it was a cool idea, but I think the execution was just poor. These Maryland uniforms, they're simple, they're clean, they're classic. Hard not to like them. It feels like Under Armour has really upped their game the last couple of years, including with the Northwestern sets as well. And as there are fewer and fewer Under Armour schools out there these days, and I think there's going to be even fewer next year. I know Texas Tech is switching from Under Armour to Adidas under the Patrick Mahomes brand. Of course, he went to school there, but... Uh, it really seems like after years of futility in the uniform game raid, Under Armour has really stepped up their game this year with Maryland, Northwestern, and even Notre Dame's green uniforms as an alternate. Yeah, it's kind of funny to say that our uniform match of the week features two Under Armour schools, but they are doing a good job in the Big Ten. Yeah, I like their uniforms they've done for Wisconsin as well. And I don't think this is really an Under Armour thing, but I kind of like the orange face masks that Auburn rocks on occasion. That one, I I don't I don't dislike it, but I I'm I like it as an alternate. I thought about that as most people are. Yeah, I like it as an alternate. I don't think it needs to be their their everyday kind of helmet, but I like it. I think I think it's cool that it exists. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so that's our uniform matchup of the week: Maryland and Northwestern. You can get into that game for two bucks. Keep that in mind. So maybe it's worth it just for those uniforms. Just saying. Uh, and our sickos game of the week, Reed, I'm going to let you pick this one here. A couple ways you can go. Just depends what you value in a game of football. Depends what you devalue in a game of football. But dealer's choice here, Reed. What do you like? 
You know what? I originally was going to say Purdue, Nebraska, but I'm actually going to go Michigan State, Minnesota now. Um, Good answer. It's for me, Michigan State's just a team that's in utter shambles, and I think generally, you know, unless your team is playing Michigan State or your team is Michigan State, um, it's just not always the uh, the most sane move to watch them. I think especially against Minnesota, a team that has just kind of been up and down, a bit rocky this year. And at home, you know, if you're going to the game, it's probably going to be a bit cold. It's just, you know, generally to me, it's got some some sicko uh, some sicko sirens blaring in my head. Yeah, I, I feel that, Reed. And I, I think something that I am watching for in this one is the just futility of these two offenses. I, I really think this is going to be a low-scoring game. These two teams have both played Michigan in the last few weeks. Combined, they lost by 13 touchdowns to Michigan. I think that says everything you need to know about these two teams. And say what you will about Michigan, but, you know, they're, they're at the very least a, a good team and, you know, the sign ceiling be damned. Uh, I don't think that either of these two teams should be losing by a combined 13 touchdowns to anybody in the country because they're still Big Ten teams and they've won games in the past. You know, Minnesota's made some good bowl games. Michigan State's two years removed from winning a New Year's Six game. That really should not be happening to these programs, but Minnesota's got a winning record against all odds and Michigan State, 0-4 in Big Ten, just really a, a terrible, terrible season. Yeah, this is going to be an ugly game. And uh, I almost want to say that Minnesota's offense, despite the 4-3 and record and the 2-2 two and two conference record and coming off of that win last week against Iowa, is worse than Michigan State's. But I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far because that Michigan State offense is, is just absolutely nasty and their defense ain't a whole lot better. So, yeah, I think that's a good answer, Reed. 3.30 on BTN will be that one. All right, quick break. But before that, we're going to take a, a quick break before we get into the rest of them. I don't, I don't know what I was saying there. Uh, before we get into the rest of the slate, quick break. Stay tuned. Back here on the first and 10, ready to get into part two of this podcast. After a brief bout of me fumbling over my words, I don't think I'm going to be fumbling as hard as some of the teams might be this weekend in our first game that we're looking at today. Indiana, Penn State in the pouring rain in Happy Valley. Maybe that's why tickets are so cheap. Penn State's a 32-point favorite over the Hoosiers. This is a nooner on CBS at Beaver Stadium. Reed. 32 might even be generous here after the showing we saw from IU last week against Rutgers. Really don't even think they hang around in this one. And the further we get into the season, the more games Indiana loses, the more it seems like they're just going to have to suck it up and pay the buyout. This isn't a particularly tough November ahead for Indiana, but it still is tough enough to where you could see them finishing 3-9, and 2-10, and 10, and then at that point, I think you have no choice but to fire the head coach. No matter what the buyout looks like, you just suck it up. You pay the number and you move on with your program somewhat intact. And for Penn State, they need a rebound this week. They need to beat up on somebody. They need to get their anger out. And IU is a perfect punching bag. I've got Penn State by 42. Um, so that line of 32, I actually had it at 31. So I have Indiana barely covering. But I think either way, it's, it is going to be a little bit of a bloodbath on the Indiana side. Uh, sure would be nice to cover would be a, <laughs> a welcome surprise. I'll say that much, but in the rain and happy Valley with that Penn state rushing attack, I just do not see IU hanging around in a game where Penn state's not going to have to rely on Drew Aller. And we saw last week in a game where they did have to rely on Drew Aller, the, the issue that that can present, but 
in a game where that's not going to have to happen because, you know, they're not going to have to throw the ball really at all. And he's not going to be allowed to make mistakes. And in a game where they're significantly overmatched in terms of talent, then, yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to have to happen. Penn State will roll in this one. Also in the noon slate, though, Reed, Maryland and Northwestern. This one's at Ryan Field and Evanston. It's going to be a sunny 39 degrees. I'm sure just a balmy afternoon uh, on the north shore of Lake Michigan. Maryland's a 14-point favorite on the road, Reed. Last time we saw the Terps on the field, it was a loss to Illinois. September Maryland happened again. Does the trend continue? Does Northwestern hang in this game? Does Northwestern make it competitive? Do we get some of that Ryan Field 12 p.m. BTN voodoo against a Maryland team that's coming off a bye, but still last time we saw them lost a game that they had no business losing. Reed, Northwestern got a shot here? I think Northwestern absolutely has a shot. I think they absolutely keep it close. I mean, beyond just the fact that teams don't tend to play well at Ryan Field at noon, um, you know, Maryland the past couple of weeks has just not been the Maryland we saw in September, which again, we should have seen coming September, Maryland. It's this phenomenon that we're all aware of. Um, but no matter what the cause of it, Maryland has not been what it was a couple of weeks ago. Northwestern has played up to its competition a few times. I think this one is absolutely a game. I am going to still give it to the Terps, though, but only by three. Screw it. Give me Northwestern. Not going to wow. bet against the Ryan Field voodoo. This just feels like, like the, the Northwestern trap game of the year. They do about once a season. They don't always win that trap game, but – they can always hang in it. They're going to at the very least hang. I've got Northwestern by three, though. I think it's going to be windy at Ryan Field. It's going to be not going to be muddy, but it's going to be ugly. I mean, it feels like there's never a good day on that playing surface. It's going to be ugly. I don't trust Maryland in an ugly game. I don't trust Maryland in the month of October. Uh, I definitely don't trust Maryland after what we saw against an Illinois team that I think is worse than Northwestern. And Northwestern's frisky. They hang in games. They're tough. They haven't been perfect this season, clearly. And I really do think, though, they have overachieved relative to the talent on this team, relative to the turmoil with this team, and relative to the fact that they lost their head coach about a month before the season kicked. So all that being said, it feels like Northwestern is due for a game that they win and have utterly no business winning. Maybe the Minnesota game was that game, but this feels like one that they clearly have no business winning. And because of that, I think they're going to win. Why not give me Northwestern by three at home? I'm ready to be proven wrong now that I'm believing. I feel like when Northwestern sneaks up in these games, it's always when you least expect it. And now I'm expecting it and now it's not going to happen. But you know what? I'm not afraid to be bold. And uh, if that's not a tenant of the show, I don't know what is. All right. Pass the noon slate into the 330 games. Also on BTN, Michigan State at Minnesota. Gophers, seven and a half point favorites at home. Read. Again, we talked about this one already a little bit earlier. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be gross. But I like Minnesota here, 14 to 10. I've got Minnesota by four. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the uh, sort of the ESPN breakdown of this game, trying to see who's going to make a difference in this game, who is sort of going to give their team an edge. And I'm just seeing each team completely level with one another in, in many areas, just total mediocrity across the board. With that being said, I just can't really pick Michigan State. Um in any game at this yeah. point, just with kind of what they've been putting out. So I'm going to have to say Minnesota sort of by default, and I'm taking them by seven. 40.5 is a crazy over-under for this, by the way. Yeah, I, I would hammer that under. I would put every dollar in my bank account on the under if I were a betting man, but I'm not. And I'm not saying you should go gamble on the under, but I'm not saying it's a bad idea either if you're into that sort of thing. 
Also in the 3.30 slate read, this one's on FS1. In Lincoln, Nebraska, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite over the visiting Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue really has struggled this year. Uh, year one under Ryan Walters just has not been what a lot of people thought it could be. Reed, I think it continues this week on the road against Nebraska. It's Taylor Swift album release week. Like we said earlier, Purdue 0-9 in those. I think they fall to 0-10. Nebraska is going to put themselves in a great position for bowl eligibility going into the month of November, Reed. Since I'm not sure a whole lot of us thought we'd be saying coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern – or Nebraska, excuse me, quietly four wins out of the last five games. Um, and, you know, one thing I've learned recently is to not underestimate the power of Taylor Swift. This is a game where I was going to pick Purdue um, and I, my eyes have sort of been opened, whether it's, you know, the Swifties getting involved in the NFL football and, you know, after after Travis Kelsey or just, you know, how many stadiums they fill up or all the, you know, research the Swifties do, you know, uh, just whatever. Um, Taylor Swift sort of is this force of nature. And if for whatever reason, you know, the music gods and, and the Taylor Swift spirits don't like it when she <laughs> wins under her album release weeks then that's their choice and that's how it has to be and Nebraska has to win this game yeah Reed I uh I didn't think in our wildest dreams that yeah. <laughs> that Nebraska would be staring down the barrel of bowl eligibility at this time in the season but here they are and win or lose I think Purdue is going to have a chance to shake it off and, and still get to, to five or six wins uh, with the schedule that they have going forward. Let's look at Purdue's final four games of the season. Even if they're two and six, um, Michigan is going to be a tough one on the road. But other than that, if Purdue can win this one, Minnesota, Northwestern, and Indiana to close out the season, Purdue's got to get this one if they want to get to a bowl. And uh, if they don't, then I think they're going to be in some trouble. But Reed, I, I really got to say, I'm going to tip my own cap to myself here for all of the Taylor Swift puns I made were songs from 1989. And that was the album that she re-recorded and released earlier. No respect for that. So uh, I, I will tip my own cap to myself for that one. Uh, mad respect to me and only to me. So uh, you're welcome to our, our vast audience of Swifties who I'm sure are, are joining this us on the program these days. Thank you for listening as the newfound interest in football continues to spread uh, throughout her fandom. But, Reed, let's talk about our game of the week, the final game on our slate. 7.30 NBC. The Ohio State Buckeyes headed to Madison to take on the 5-2 and two Wisconsin Badgers. Buckeyes, 14.5-point favorites on the road. $27. We mentioned the low ticket prices across the conference earlier. That's the steal of the century to see oh, yeah. the number three team in the country play in Camp Randall Stadium in that environment against uh, not a bad Wisconsin team. I don't think it's a good Wisconsin team, but they're 5-2. and two. They're at the very least competent. And for that price, if you are anywhere nearby and have the least modicum of interest in either of these teams, I don't get why you're not going. Go do it. Enjoy it. Seems like an awesome game to see an awesome stadium and awesome atmosphere. And I'm sure at that price, it's going to convince a lot of Buckeyes to, to make the trip and, and go, especially uh, given how many alums there are of Ohio state in the Chicago area and Madison being so close to Chicago and really alums of every Big Ten school in that area, but Ohio State fans are, I think, more determined than others to travel for away games. I think we see it at every school in the conference, but for that price, I don't get why you wouldn't go to this game if uh, you're within reasonable driving distance. But Reed, looking at this one, Ohio State, not a perfect performance. 
but it was enough last week against Penn State. What are they going to have to do this week against the Wisconsin team with an even less competent offense than what we've seen from Penn State this year? I mean, honestly, they just have to sort of keep it rolling. They're, it's not rocket science beating Wisconsin. Um, you know, Wisconsin, like you said, they're not world beaters, but they're not a bad team. At the same time, you know, Iowa beat them, Washington State beat them. These are teams that are, again, good but not great. It's not, you know, splitting the atom, beating this Wisconsin team. I think especially with their failures on offense, the Ohio State defense, I think it could seriously – I'm not going to say shut them out because it's such a hard thing to do in football, but they could keep the score – really low it could be another sort of six point game like we saw in the 15 to 6 iowa loss for wisconsin and that's why i think ohio state's going to cover this 14 and a half spread and honestly i think the 14 and a half spread is a little bit generous to wisconsin just because i don't see how wisconsin scores points on ohio state if it's not punt returns pick sixes scoop and scores whatever um because i don't think that tanner mordecai in this offense can really do anything against what jim Knowles has at ohio state i'm going to say ohio state by 21 i, I could see worse than that um yeah, I mean, I I just don't think Ohio State struggles very hard in this game. Ohio State's just more talented. They're better coached. And while this is going to be a good atmosphere, famously the Wisconsin students don't show up early and they like to leave early. So I think that the Buckeyes are going to give them a whole lot of reasons to get out of the stadium. And early on, just because of that fact too, I, I just don't think that it's going to be one of those environments that really scares Ohio State a whole lot, even though it's Halloween weekend, Halloween weekend, if you will. I just don't see Ohio State struggling in this one, and I'll go 21 as well. I, I think that's the right number. 31 to 10 about it is what I'm looking at here. Uh, Ohio State's not going to have any trouble this week with the Badgers, but I don't know. At the same time, this is a place that's given Wisconsin – or that's given Ohio State, rather, trouble over the years. Ohio State's not been perfect at Camp Randall, but this is not a special Wisconsin team. This is not – even a particularly great Wisconsin team. This isn't even like a very good Wisconsin team. This is an all right Wisconsin team. And that's just not enough to beat Ohio State. Even that this is an Ohio State team that hasn't been particularly impressive. It's still an Ohio State team that's supremely talented and that can dominate the trenches. And with that, I, I just think that there's not going to be a whole lot of trouble for the Buckeyes this week in Madison. All right, Reed, that'll do it for our preview for this week. But before we wrap up, let's get to our shout outs. Anybody want to shout out before we wrap up this episode? Um, I'll give a little shout out to my friend, Mo. She goes to Ohio state. Um, lots of friends in Wisconsin couldn't go to the Wisconsin Ohio state game this weekend. Uh, unfortunate, but, um, still going to be rooting for the Buckeyes and, uh, shout out to her. Shout out to Mo. Shout out to Mo indeed. But, uh, I'll give my shout out here. Read to student media poll an organization we're both intimately familiar with. And I'm sure many of our listeners are as well. Today is launch day for the men's and women's basketball polls at SMP. Exciting times, so go check those out, studentmediapool.com and on social media, studentmedia25. Uh, a whole lot of basketball content coming your way. Can't wait for hoops. It's going to be a whole lot of fun this year. But with all of that being said, that will do it for this week's edition of the First and Ten Previewing Week 9 of Big Ten Football. Thank you for listening. We always appreciate it. And no matter where you're watching from, whether it's from these cheap tickets inside the stadium across the Big Ten or from the comfort of your couch, Enjoy your college football Saturday. For Reed Murray, my name is Patrick Feltz. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.